From Washington, this is the CQ Budget Podcast, your leading Capitol Hill source on how Congress allocates federal taxpayer dollars. I'm David Lerman, your budget tracker. And I'm Jennifer Shep, budget and appropriations reporter. And this week, we are going to talk about some of the grants that Congress has already approved to police and fire departments throughout the country for them to sort of get through the coronavirus pandemic. And David worked on a story that is up online about why that aid is moving faster to police departments than it is to fire departments. So David, can you just walk us through what is going on right now? Yeah, I thought this was an interesting story, Jim, because it's sort of an instructive case study in how whether Congress approves aid or not, whether it gets to people in time really depends on a host of rules and regulations uh, that they have little control over because these these program these complicated grant programs are run by agencies and they each have rules that can really affect aid payments. And what I found in the case of police and fire was Congress in March had approved hundreds of millions of dollars uh, in these in these Justice Department grants, some of which go to police agencies, and those grants happen fast. Police have already gotten over $140 million worth of these grants, and they've had those for weeks. They began in early April, just days after the aid was first passed. But the firefighters have yet to get a dime, and they were promised about $100 million, and they haven't seen anything yet. And the reason is their grant money is administered through the Federal Emergency Management Agency. It's a totally separate program that was earmarked just for firefighters, but their grant program requires a lengthy peer review process in which firefighters from all different areas of the country have to get together and assess grant applications and determine who is worthy of grants and who isn't, and it takes months. And so there's a real frustration among the firefighters who are saying, look, we were promised this coronavirus relief We've had to buy all these extra supplies because here we are tending to emergencies, tending to fires without enough protective equipment, without enough equipment for our fire stations to manage things effectively and stay safe from COVID-19. And, you know, it's hurting our budgets. We've had to buy equipment we've never had to buy before. And we're waiting on this aid and we're still waiting because we can't get the grant money. So, it's really a, quite a contrast in how grant programs are run. And that's, that's what I thought was so interesting here. And what are some of the things that you heard from fire department officials in terms of what they want Congress or the federal government to do? Are they asking for changes to the way this program is structured? Yeah, that's part of it. Because they've seen how quickly the police departments get their money. <laughs> so the fire guys are asking and saying, can't we waive this requirement to have a peer review process? during this pandemic so that the grants can just go out quickly. The problem is, of course, how do you do that? And, you know, you don't want aid to just rush out and end up with fraud or waste. And what the Justice Department does for the police grants is different because they have, they have a, an automated formula they use that distributes the money. So that's why they don't need a review process. They, they can just determine how much crime is in each state And then based on averages of violent crime numbers, they sort of apportion the money out to state and local uh, governments for their police divisions. And so it happens very quickly. But in the case of fire, 
they don't have that kind of formula in place. And it's, it's run by FEMA, who just handles emergencies anyway. So they just require this peer review process. So the question is, can they waive that review process to speed things up? And one of the reasons that Congress provided this additional aid to fire departments was not just they could buy additional supplies and additional personal protective equipment, but there were a lot of concerns about the sort of revenue issues and the budgetary issues that state and local governments are facing. And so some of this money was also sort of intended to reduce the probability of furloughs or layoffs, right? So are we, are these people who you spoke to anticipating, you know, their fire departments losing a lot of firefighters because of this aid being slower? Well, not this aid in particular, but you're right. There's a real fear of mass furloughs or layoffs. You know, there's already been nearly a thousand fire department employees who have been laid off or furloughed since this pandemic began because of local government budget cuts. And they think as many as 30,000 of these firefighter positions could be lost by next year. And that, according to a survey that the uh, International Association of Fire Chiefs did, they say that's why they need a lot more aid is because they can't contemplate this idea of losing thousands of firefighters across the country now. So they have asked for additional aid. Now, part of this furlough issue could be solved if Congress provides simply more aid broad-based to state and local governments generally, because that aid can filter down to save police and fire divisions. Um, and as you know, there's there's Democrats, anyway, are certainly pushing for a lot more state and local aid. They pushed, they were in, the House Democrats had sought over $900 billion worth of state and local aid in this, in this last bill they did just, just a few weeks ago, but that bill isn't going anywhere. So right now there's a stalemate for coronavirus relief that's going to take weeks to negotiate. If any of, if, if a good chunk of state and local money comes through, that could filter down to fire and police departments. But beyond that, the police and fire guys would like direct aid. They'd like to know that, that Congress would provide them aid directly to help them with staff retention problems and to avoid furloughs and layoffs. The firefighters have a separate program also run by FEMA specifically to hire, specifically for retention for personnel. And they're, they're asking for as much as $5 billion just for that. I don't think they're going to get that, but they're shooting big to hope, hopefully get something. And what do we expect in this next round of talks now that um, police departments throughout the country are addressing peaceful protests and rioting and some looting as well? And some of the actions of some of these police departments has not been particularly well received by lawmakers on Capitol Hill. I mean, it's an interesting question now with the whole police brutality issue as to whether that's going to give lawmakers any second thoughts about more aid for police. That's sort of a different issue, but it is possible that they want to, until this police brutality issue is addressed, they might try to hold back on, on uh, aid to police or use this as an opportunity to attach conditions to this aid to require some sort of reforms. Uh, I don't know. This is also new that we don't know how lawmakers are going to respond. We know there's already legislation kicking up to crack down on police brutality. Whether they tie that to coronavirus aid relief remains to be seen, but I suppose it's very possible. 
Certainly a lot to keep track of going forward. Yeah. This is not going away, of course, both the police brutality issue, of course, and just coronavirus relief aid as first responders keep continue to struggle here, you know, facing furloughs, facing layoffs, wanting more protective equipment, and still trying to respond to emergencies. So they're asking for billions more dollars, and the requests keep coming, and we'll see how Congress responds to that uh, in coming weeks. So I think that does it for us today. If you have any questions or comments about our podcast, we'd love to hear from you. You can drop us an email. We're at cqpodcast, one word, at cqrollcall, one word, dot com. The CQ Budget Podcast is produced by CQ Roll Call, a leader in nonpartisan political and policy news and analysis for more than 70 years. The CQ Roll Call is part of Fiscal Note, a global technology and media company. Thank you all for listening. I'm David Lerman, your budget tracker. And I'm Jennifer Shep, budget and appropriations reporter. Remember, you can stay up to date by subscribing to the CQ Budget newsletter. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast, and you can find us on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, NPR One, or just Google the phrase CQ Budget Podcast. And we'll be back next week. Mm-hmm.